the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We know in Revelation 12, verse 10, that the dragon was up there accusing us day and night before God. And Christ said, one day I'm going to open heaven and you're going to see the angels of God coming up and down. And I will be the doorway. I will be the ladder that reaches from here to there. Well, that is Pastor Michael Oxentenko, and this is Reaching Your Heart. Today's broadcast is entitled The Higher House. Again, it's The Higher House, and it is a part of the Revelation series. You can find it online at reachingyourheart.com. That's reachingyourheart.com. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, please call us today at 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Stay tuned at the end of today's broadcast. I'll have information on how you can attend the worship service in person if you would like. You can also attend anytime online at reachinghearts.org slash video. That's reachinghearts.org slash video. Last week, we brought you the first portion of The Higher House. Pastor Michael Tanka will conclude that message here today. This is today's Reaching Your Heart. Thank you for tuning in. And here is Pastor Mike. You shall blow the trumpets over your burnt offerings and over the sacrifices of your peace offerings. They shall serve you for a remembrance before your God. I am the Lord your God. I mean, it's very clear. Twice it said, verse 9 and verse 10, that when a trumpet was blown, it was for the purpose that you would be remembered if you're in trouble and you would be remembered in your day of gladness, your feasts. How many here would like to be forgotten? No answers. That's a good answer. How many of you like to be remembered? What did the thief on the cross say when he's hanging there? Life a mess, unable to fix it all. I mean, his friend was jeering at Jesus, and he turned to him. Maybe he was too at first. He saw his response, and he said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And what did Jesus say? You're going to be there. You're going to be there with me. You know, trumpets were used to sound an alarm so that God would save his people from their enemies so they would be remembered. So trumpets were used at the sacred feasts of Israel for the feasts of gladness. They were used when a sacrifice was slain. All of this was for the purpose of being remembered. When you feel forgotten, a trumpet means that you are not forgotten. You are remembered. John was remembered on the island of disappointments. And when you feel overtaken and defeated, a trumpet means that God will hear you and that God will send heaven's armies to fight for you. You will be remembered in the midst of your spiritual controversies. When an Israelite felt overcome with sin, a trumpet was blown over the sacrifice so they would know that in God there is forgiveness of sins. God remembers us at the altar. Jesus' voice is the voice of a trumpet because in Jesus, God has remembered every single human being and he forgives every single human being of their sins. The Bible says the trumpets were blown at the sacred feasts of Israel. Now in Leviticus 23, we have a list of those feasts which include the Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Wave Sheaf Offering. If you don't know what these are, that's fine for right now. The Feast of Pentecost, the Feast of Trumpets, 
the Day of Atonement and the last feast, the Feast of Tabernacles. In fact, the entire book of Revelation is built on the structure of the ancient feasts. It starts with the first feast, that is the Sabbath. It moves to the Passover in Revelation 4 and 5 and the Feast of Pentecost. It then goes to the summer drought. Afterwards, we have the Feast of Trumpets in Revelation chapter 10 and 11. We have the Day of Atonement in Revelation 11 19. And it ends with the Feast of Tabernacles, when God tabernacles with his people. So if you want to understand the book of Revelation, you really need to understand the sacred feasts. The first of all the sacred feasts of Israel was the seventh-day Sabbaths, which came on the seventh day of the week. In Leviticus 23, verse 3, the Sabbath was declared to be the first of all the feasts. Take your Bible and turn with me to Leviticus 23, verses 1 to 3. The Lord said to Moses, Say to the people of Israel, the appointed feast of the Lord, which you shall proclaim as holy convocations, my appointed feast are these. Do you see that in verse 2? Now look in verse 3. Here's the first feast. Six days shall work be done, but on what day is a Sabbath of solemn rest? What does it say? The seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest. The Sabbath was the first feast, a holy convocation, the text says, You shall do no work. It is a Sabbath to the Lord in all your dwellings. The first trumpet blast in the book of Revelation is the call to find Jesus on the Sabbath day. Now turn with me to Revelation 1.10. Here was the first voice of the trumpet. I was in the Spirit on what day? What does it say? On the Lord's day. And I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet. Now based on the fact that a trumpet was blown at the feast... Leviticus 23 is very clear in verse 3. The first feast is the seventh day Sabbath. It does not take Einstein to figure out that the Lord's day in Revelation 1.10 is the seventh day Sabbath. I was in the spirit in the Lord's day. In Leviticus 23, the Sabbath was the first feast that was announced with a trumpet and it was followed by the Passover feast that was also announced with a trumpet. The Passover was the feast of the Lamb. The lamb was slain and people could feed on that. Now, this trumpet call in Revelation 4.1, which follows the first trumpet for the Sabbath in Revelation 1.10, introduces John to the throne of the universe. And in Revelation 5.6, John sees the Passover lamb. So the second trumpet introduces the Passover feast. Now, there are two trumpet calls and two feasts. The seventh-day Sabbath, Revelation 1.10, followed by the next trumpet, the feast of the lamb. Friend, Jesus is on earth in Revelation 1, but it's not enough that he's here. He's in heaven in Revelation 4.1. The call of the trumpet to come up is the call of the feast to experience the Lamb of God. That means Jesus is the ladder that reaches from heaven to earth, that takes you into the presence of God so you can feast on God, you can know God, you can experience God, you can go right into heaven through Jesus in your prayer life. And you can know the Passover lamb. In Revelation 5 is very clear. There's a lamb standing at the throne as if it had been slain. It is a Passover trumpet call. In John 1.51, And Jesus said to Nathanael, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Now Christ is saying in an age in which heaven was not open. We know in Revelation 12, verse 10, that the dragon was up there accusing us day and night before God. And Christ said, one day I'm going to open heaven and you're going to see the angels of God coming up and down and I will be the doorway. I will be the ladder that reaches from here to there. Friend, Christ is the ladder that takes us to the Father. 
Our church is not the place we need to be worshiping today. Did you hear me? This is not God's house, really. This church needs to worship in heaven, not here, to be true to the word of God. There is a higher house up there that we need to be in, and Jesus is the way to the higher house. Jesus is the door into the heavenly sanctuary. And Jesus is the voice of the trumpet that calls us every Sabbath to feast inside this higher house. In fact, whenever you're hungry, there is food up there for you in that higher house. In the book of Revelation, all the furniture of the earthly sanctuary is found in the heavenly sanctuary except two pieces of furniture. Inside the most holy place, the second apartment, was only one piece of furniture, the Ark of the Covenant that symbolized God's throne. Now, Revelation is very clear. There are seven torches that burn before God's throne. That's the candlestick. It's also very clear that God's throne, the Ark of the Covenant, is in heaven. It says so in Revelation eleven nineteen. In Revelation 8, it talks about the altar before God's throne. So there's an altar. But you can look all you like in the book of Revelation, and you will not find a table of showbread in the heavenly sanctuary. And you will not find a veil up there described in the book of Revelation. Why? Because they point to Jesus Christ. Christ in the book of Hebrews is the veil. You can't have a symbol of the living Christ when Christ is there. Christ is the bread of life that came down. So you can't have a table of showbread up there that's external to Jesus Christ. The lamb is the feast. The lamb is the bread. He is the word of God. Now there is a link between the last verses of the letter to the seventh church in the last vision and this vision, this new vision that we have in Revelation 4.1. There are grammatical, verbal Imagery parallels, poetic parallels, and I can't go through them, but they do exist. So let's just go back and look at Revelation 3.20 and catch a glimpse of it. Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Now he's speaking to the church of Laodicea. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, what does it say next? I will what? Come into him and eat with him and he with me. Now the question is, where is in? is in here or there. And he's knocking from what side of the door? I mean, that's not obvious here. We assume it means to come into our house, into our heart, and this kind of thing. What we immediately have in the context, a door. The door in the context is not the door to your heart, as important as that is. I'm not diminishing that. The door is the door to heaven where you can really fellowship with God. I mean, we don't fellowship with God down here. we got to go to higher ground in a higher house to fellowship with God. So in Revelation 3.20, there is a door and there is the need to hear the voice of Jesus to go through the door. In Revelation 4.1, Jesus is the door, and his voice is like a trumpet call, calling us to experience the meal, the fact that there's a Passover meal up there, and that we can experience Jesus as the Lamb of God. For the Laodicean church, Jesus is standing at the door because he is the door, and he will open the door and take us into the presence of God, into the most holy place as his people for the marriage supper of the Lamb. There's a link between the door of your heart and Jesus, who is the door to heaven's heart. Without Jesus, you cannot open the door for the marriage supper of the Lamb. You can't go in to find God. There's a theology running around in our denomination. I'm not going to mention names, but it's so amazing. Where people are saying, we don't need a mediator. That somehow God loves us enough that we don't need a mediator. And we should diminish this truth because it makes God look bad. Friend, we need Jesus as our mediator. We need Jesus because of us. At Jesus' baptism, God didn't say, this is my beloved church with whom I'm well pleased. Did he say that? 
He said, this is my beloved son with whom I pleased. I mean, if you want to be pleasing to God, if you want to have access to God, you need to be in Jesus. You need to be connected to him. He is your right of access from here into eternity. There is a higher house up there, and Jesus is the door to the higher house. And Jesus has been standing there for a long time as the open door. Now, the Greek is very clear in Revelation 4.1. It uses a perfect verb to describe the open door. A perfect verb indicates the door was opened in the past, and the Greek verb would indicate that it is still open when John sees it. John sees a door that was open before he saw the door itself. It was there waiting for him to see it. When there is an open door in your life, you better go through that door. It may close on you. Am I right? You don't always have an opportunity. If that door is open for you today, you walk through that door. Revelation 15, 18, the temple in heaven will one day be shut down and that door will be closed. It's open today. Revelation 4, 1 affirms one of the most important truths of the apostolic gospel. Jesus' death on the cross of Calvary has opened the door to the higher house and to God the Father who lives in that higher house. Before the cross of Calvary, sin had shut the door to God. We couldn't get up there. The grave was our final destination. But after Jesus died on the cross and after he was raised from the dead, that door was flung wide open. And so come up here with a trumpet call. Look, there's an open door. Now, two passages in the book of Hebrews connect well with Revelation 4.1 to support this fundamental truth of the apostolic gospel. Hebrews 4.14. Just take your Bibles and go with me there. Here it says, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, who is he? Jesus, the Son of God. It's very clear. Let us hold fast our confession. If we have Jesus, do we have a reason to give up? No. If you have Jesus, you have no reason to give up in life. You need to look up and come up where Jesus is near He says, come up here, you can. Here is where he's at, not where you're at. Here is where he's at. Verse 15, for we have not a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Isn't that what we need today? Yes or no? Yeah, okay, make it simple. Now, the voice of a trumpet said in Revelation 4.1, come up here. Now, Hebrews 10.19 is another one of those passages in the book of Hebrews that fits well with Revelation 4.1. Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the sanctuary, how? By the blood of Jesus. You, know, you don't do it because you look good. You don't do it because you know enough about religion. You don't do it because you say you know the truth about God. You can't even get to God without the cross of Christ in your life. Verse 20, by the new and living way, which he opened up for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh. The resurrected Christ is access to God. Friend, Jesus is the door. Now look at verse 21. Since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us stay away and be afraid of God for the rest of our lives. Let us fall on our knees and stay out of church and don't go to prayer meeting. And let's be sure we don't pray because if we do, is that what that verse is saying? Now look at your Bible. Let us do what? It says, draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. 
with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. God wants you on the inside of his kingdom and he gave his son to prove it and to make it possible for you. We'll continue with today's Reaching Your Heart and Pastor Michael Oxentenko in just a moment. If you'd like to attend the worship service, I will have details on how you can do that here at the close of our broadcast today, so please stay tuned. You can always attend online at reachinghearts.org slash video. That's reachinghearts.org slash video. Many archived messages are available there for you, and you can attend the live service in a streaming format at that website, reachinghearts.org slash video. Let's continue now with Pastor Michael Oxentenko in today's Reaching Your Heart. Hebrews 12, 22 to 24 describes the higher house as a place for festal gathering because there is food up there and there is joy for everyone who goes through that door. Verse 22, but you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to innumerable angels in festal gathering. A festal gathering means a feast. There's something to feed on up there. And to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, to a judge who is God of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks more graciously than the blood of Abel. I mean, here's a place where you have mercy and forgiveness, and you can feed on Christ. Why not go up? There is a higher house, friend, and Jesus is the way to the higher house. And Jesus is the door, and Jesus is the voice of the trumpet that calls you into the presence of God behind the veil of the most holy place. How long does it take to get to heaven through that door? In Revelation 4.1, John saw an open door, and he heard the voice like a trumpet that said, Come up here. So how long does it take to get there? Where here is at, up there, where here is really at. How long is the journey, the great journey to the higher house? Friend, the blood of Jesus Christ and the cross of Christ has made the journey instant because Jesus is the door. When you pray and you follow Jesus in your prayers by faith, you don't have to wait very long to find God. You don't have to wait a lifetime to get there. You don't have to wait for the second coming to get there either. In Revelation 1.10, John says he was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and he saw Jesus right there on the island of Patmos. In Revelation 4, 2, again, John is in the Spirit and something happens instantly to him. The journey is sudden, and before he knows it, he is no longer on the island of Patmos. Revelation 4, 2, at once, at once I was in the Spirit, and lo, a throne stood in heaven with one seated on the throne. When you fall on your knees and you call on Jesus to save you, and you yearn for the God you cannot see, the God whose sin, your sins have blocked you out from, the God you feel is out to get you, the truth is all the more real. There is an open door. And as soon as you come to Jesus, you have God. As soon as John saw Jesus as the open door, as soon as John heard the voice calling him to come up here, he was there where here is really at. Here is not here. Here is there where Jesus goes to the Father. John was behind the door instantly. And what did he see in this higher house where here is at? He saw a throne and one sitting on that throne. The picture of Revelation 4 is patterned after Mount Sinai when God came down and gave the Ten Commandments as his covenant for the entire human race. In Exodus 24.1, God told Moses to come up to the mountain to worship on the mountain. Let's just look at these couple of verses to get a feel for this. Exodus 24, verse 1. He said to Moses... 
Come up to the Lord, you and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel, and worship afar off. And why did God call them up there where they could worship afar off? Look at verses 9, Exodus 24, 9. Then Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel went up, and they saw the God of Israel, just like John did in Revelation 4, 1, 2. And there was under his feet, as it were, a pavement of sapphire stone. Now, we know what that is in Ezekiel 1.26 and Ezekiel 10.1. That pavement of sapphire stone is the throne of God. So here is God on his throne. They're called up. And it says it was like the very heaven for clearness. Now, look at verse 11. And he did not lay his hand on the chief men of the people of Israel. And why did they go up? The next phrase. They beheld God and they ate and drank. God called them up to have a fellowship meal. God wanted to open the door so his people could eat with him. In the book of Revelation, we find a personal God who has opened a door so you can have the Passover lamb in the presence of God the Father so that who Christ is, what he has done for you, can make a difference in your prayer life in the very presence of God. You are transported. I mean, when I was a kid, I used to watch Star Trek. I don't anymore, but I used to. There was a phrase that was famous. It says, beam me up, Scotty. I remember that. Beam me up, Jesus, into the presence of God and place me before his eternal throne. At our house, we have a new dog named Smokey, and he barks all day long at the cats. I mean, all day long. It's like this constant trumpet tone going on. Our cat, Hunter, doesn't really care about Smokey's barking. He's smart and wise. He's figured out that Smokey is just fine, and he knows Smokey's a nice dog. He actually comes up to Smokey. We have a third cat, and Smokey actually touched noses with the cat. Hunter and this other cat have figured out that Smokey is all bark and no bite. It's true, Smokey barks at you because he likes you. We have another cat named Harley, and Harley doesn't like Smokey at all. It's almost like Smokey and the bandit, not Smokey and Harley. Smokey chases Harley around the house, and Harley runs for his life, not knowing that Smokey just wants to catch him to bark at him. Barking is Smokey's love language. If he loves you, he'll bark in your face. Harley doesn't get it. Now, Harley has a terrible self-confidence problem because of Smokey. Well, Harley looks behind his shoulder everywhere he goes to see if Smokey is out there to get him. He has a paranoia cat complex. Now, Hunter will just come to the door and scratch on it, and when you open the door, Hunter comes right into the house. I mean, he sees the open door, he goes right in. No fear with Hunter, not at all. Now, Harley will come to the door and look real hard at the door and then tiptoe up to the door, and then he sticks his head in as he looks around to see if Smokey is anywhere. And if he doesn't see Smokey, he kind of quickly comes in, and then he carefully walks inside, and then he finds something to hide behind, like a chair. We used to put the food for the cats in the kitchen, but Smokey kind of spoiled it all. I mean, we had this dog food dish for our dog and then one for the cats. You know, the idea was the dog would eat out of the dog food dish, the cats would eat out of the cat dish. It doesn't work that way. Smokey would do everything he can to avoid eating his own dog food on the floor. He won't touch his food. But without hesitation, Smokey will eat the cat food until it's all gone. Now, I don't know why that is, but that's how it is. Harley can't find food on the floor when Smokey's around. So Smokey's a problem. If we have the cat food out on the floor, it's gone, and Smokey looks a little happier. So my wife figured out a neat little trick that has saved Harley from certain starvation. Now, we had to do this to save Harley. She has a place high on the counter next to the sink that is too high for Smokey to jump, but just high enough for Harley to jump. When Harley is looking for his food, he doesn't look down on the floor. 
When he's looking for his food, he will look all around the house. And if he has a little help, he might look higher up in the higher part of the house. I don't know why he hasn't figured out that it's in the same place all the time. It's higher up. Harley's not the brightest cat we've ever had, but he knows how to obey at least. Now, more than once, I've had to walk to the countertop, and here's what's happened, and point to the dish and kind of rattle it around and say, Harley, come up here and get something to eat. And Harley will have a look at you, and then he'll kind of leap up, and he'll eat where Smokey can't get him. Feasting up high where Smokey cannot get him in the higher house. In Revelation 4, there's a higher house where Satan and his followers and all of the temptations of the world can't get you. And there is food in the higher house where Jesus is at the right hand of God. And Satan has been thrown out of that house. He used to accuse us day and night before our God. He is gone. Friend, Jesus is the way to God, the ladder that goes from heaven to earth. Jesus is the door that stands open in heaven, the door to God. And Jesus' voice calls like a trumpet for you to worship and to come up where here is really at. In the higher house, it is safe. And God has prepared a table in the presence of your enemies where you can eat in peace without fear anymore. Jesus calls like a trumpet to come up here where here is really at and find the Lamb who is the door and feast before the very throne of God. The higher house, up high, here is really at with God. Amen. That will conclude The Higher House, a part of the Revelation series here on Reaching Your Heart. Thank you so much for listening today. You can find this series, the Revelation series, online at reachingyourheart.com. We would really love for you to be a part of our worship service. It's held every Saturday at 11 o'clock. That address is 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. Or if you're more comfortable, you're certainly welcome to watch online at reachinghearts.org slash video. reachinghearts.org slash video. The live broadcast will be streaming and available for you on that website, reachinghearts.org slash video. Thanks for listening, and we do pray that God is reaching your heart.